It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit It is time for the NBA Strategy Show right here on Awesomeo.com. Happy Monday morning to you, December the 28th, as we are here to break down today's five-game NBA slate, as we'll be here with Greg to break it all down for you. Greg, uh, last night was a good night for me. Uh, was it a good night for you, man? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I've had a pretty good start to the basketball season. And also what was nice is I had a terrible football slate. But then the, the, the showdown slates I did pretty well on. So it was a good night because I did well on – uh, showdown. I did well in basketball. Uh, definitely better than the crappy football slate where just everybody busted early in the day. It was like, I don't need to pay attention halfway through the first games of the slate. Yeah, it was a nice day off for me. With the Bucks playing on Saturday, it was a nice day off for me to kind of relax around the house. But uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I went into one of the things I love to do every morning is go into Fancy Cruncher Rewind. And I mean, I had a good night, so I kind of knew who scored well. Um, did, did you have any Alfred Payton who got you 43 points on DK? No, I didn't. And neither did anybody else either. If I remember correctly, he was under 1% owned. I do have a decent amount of exposure to Alfred Payton in best ball. So I was a little excited about that, but in general, it's going to be tough to roster the Knicks a lot this year, because even though Tom Thibodeau historically has been a coach who runs his starters out for a lot of minutes, that roster is so bad and the parts make so little sense Put together now i know they beat arguably the best team in the eastern conference by what was like 30 points yesterday but in general the knicks are a very difficult team to predict and i'm just not sure where the fantasy production is going to be coming from on a night-to-night basis yeah i mean just looking at some of the, the top scores you had nato who was starting for the wizards with no russ uh he was uh i was watching that game he he was he was balling in that game uh the funniest line is that the wizard up 17 to start the fourth I'm watching the Wizards broadcast, and the Wizard color guy is basically saying, why is Bradley Beal and Thomas Bryant not in the game? And he's essentially going, they're going to blow the lead. And before you know it, they blew the lead. Magic come back uh, and win that game. Uh, Wendell Carter, I had a little bit uh, of shares on. He did pretty well uh, on DraftKings. Uh, over on FanDuel, Bradley Beal uh, having a 47-point effort. Uh, 
Keldon Johnson, 41 points for the Spurs uh, against the Pelicans. And uh, Andre Drummond going uh, for 59 against the uh, 76ers, which uh, that was a key thing yesterday was you got to pay attention to, you know, those late swaps because if you had Joel Embiid in your lineup, obviously uh, not a good night for you. Yeah, and that's also uh, something that we've really good in the Osmo Premium chat is we've got we've got the news god himself, El Negro Loco, who I don't, I don't he, he doesn't sleep I don't think I think all he does he somehow he's plugged into Twitter like it's the Matrix or something because the news comes he's like, he's like Adam Schefter but of the DFS world he just knows everything immediately as soon as it happens he tweets like if you see like Fantasy Labs or something like that's like how do they get the information so quickly it's like not as quickly as El Negro Loco that guy he knows everything. He's got to have like a tweet deck tab up of like nothing but beat reporters, team Twitter accounts, whatnot. Because I remember I went in there this morning. I was just kind of looking around. I was like, man, he was all over everything yesterday. So yeah, you got to go in there, part of our, our premium Slack channel. Of course, uh, we're here to break down uh, today's slate. Of course, uh, be sure to give this video a thumbs up. And if you're not subscribed to Osmo, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. So you know a new video is live right here on the channel. Of course, coming up after us will be the NFL strategy show. So, But uh, we're here to break down this five-game slate. We got the Pistons and Atlanta, Memphis, Brooklyn, Utah, Oklahoma City, Houston, Denver. And then we're going to wrap up the night with Portland and the L.A. Lakers. Uh, you know, was, this morning I was kind of going through the salaries. Uh, you know, obviously the center position is something that you, you kind of stick out to. If it, You know, are you going to take Jokic or if you're on DraftKings, Jokic? Or or Anthony Davis, uh, we expect Anthony Davis to play tonight. That's going to be something to kind of pay attention to with the Lakers in terms of load management. Maybe no LeBron tonight. We'll, we'll kind of have to see how that plays out. Um, you know, and obviously there's going to be some pivots that people are going to go to Christian Wood. But what's kind of your uh, overall impressions uh, of the salaries for tonight? Yeah. So I mean, do you want to start at the center position or point guard or just we can go wherever you, Greg? We can go wherever you want. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let, let's start with the center position because you just brought it up. And I think it's pretty important that we mentioned about LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So AD did not play last night. He was listed with a calf injury, but also Frank Vogel said when he was talking to the media that Anthony Davis, it was really a planned rest day where it looks like there's going to be a situation where we see a lot of back-to-back situations where either Anthony Davis or LeBron James rest. So we don't have any information at this point in the morning, but my gut feeling is that after LeBron played last night and AD sat out, that we're going to see the, the reverse this night where it's probably going to be LeBron sit and Anthony Davis play. And that's assuming Anthony Davis is a little bit banged up with a calf injury, but it doesn't seem all that serious. So that's kind of my feel on what's going to happen. And if that's the case, then there's going to be a massive amount of usage going towards Anthony Davis playing against the team in Portland that's historically struggled against big men. I think that would be a really strong spot to pay up for him. Not really anything groundbreaking. There. I think everybody would know AD without LeBron is a really strong play. The other thing that would also stand out then is on FanDuel, we have Kyle Kuzma at a really cheap price. He would end up starting in place of LeBron James, and he would probably have a big game, which I'm sure that Jordan behind the scenes would be very happy to know that I think that Kyle Kuzma <laughs> would play well sans LeBron James. Yeah, I saw uh, one of the notes. I, I want to say News God had this up in, in Slack yesterday about the fact of that when they do rest somebody, Kyle Kuzma is going to be the guy that slides into that lineup. I mean, I've watched several of the Laker games so far this year. I mean, I think the one thing that sticks out to me about them, I mean, obviously we know about LeBron and AD. This is a, a very deep team. 
Um, you know, you, you look at, you know, I think Dennis Schroeder is going to be a, a great compliment to that team. So, I mean, I think it's going to be about finding that. I mean, as I look at that center position, I mean, you, you mentioned about uh, AD and just looking at it from a DraftKings aspect, you got Jokic at 9,800. Then we got a, a drop down to 7,700 for Jonas Valanciunas. And uh, Christian Wood is probably going to be the player that everyone's going to pivot to on DraftKings, if they're not going AD or, or Jokic or on the FanDuel side of the game, if you're not going Jokic, you're going to Christian Wood. Yeah, so the one of the first things I do, like you, and especially before I do shows in the morning, is I'll just kind of run through the projections and I'll make some lineups. Just see, like, okay, early on in the day, who are the players that are actually getting inserted into lineups as I'm building them? And obviously, it's something that's always subject to change during the day. But at least I get a feel for in the morning, which players does it look like I'm going to be rostering? So I could actually recommend them because when we were doing the pregame show before and and we were trying to figure out, you know, how do we want to do this? Do we want to go game by game? Do we want to go position by position? And the reason I recommended position by position, we could get some feedback on this too, is I kind of just want to focus on the players that I actually am going to get exposure to and not just have it where I'm mentioning everybody in every game. The point being, though, as it pertains to Christian Wood, in the first build I did, Christian Wood comes up in almost every single lineup, and it makes a whole lot of sense. We look at the Houston Rockets, no John Wall, no DeMarcus Cousins right now, a whole host of other players out also uh, because of contact tracing and COVID stuff. But Christian Wood, if you look at what he did in his first game with the Rockets, uh, he was ridiculous. He ended up scoring, I'm bringing this up right now, uh, 53 fantasy points. And something I don't think is a fluke at all is one preseason game, he scored 49 fantasy points. I think he's a perfect fit alongside James Harden. He's in store for a really big fantasy season. It maybe gets a little dicey when DeMarcus Cousins is in the mix because we don't know what the minutes are going to look like. Maybe the usage gets a little more spread out. But as of right now, Christian Wood is my favorite center play on the slate because it looks like the chemistry between him and James Harden is really strong. And the other thing, too, is the price has just not quite gone up enough yet for, for Christian Wood. Yeah, I mean, I right when they they made that signing in the offseason, I was like, man, I love this signing for, for the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, I know uh, somebody that was coming up in crunches for me was Clint Capella, but we're going to have to pay attention to whether or not he plays tonight. He's 5,900 uh, on DraftKings over on FanDuel. Uh, he is 6,500. Yeah, so you know what's funny about Clint Capella? The, the Hawks traded for him at the trade deadline last year. He's yet to play in a game for the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, he played in some preseason games, but he's, he's not yet shown up in a regular season game. So I'm not really sure what to make of that. I think his price on DraftKings is a little bit too cheap. It's a favorable matchup against, against Detroit. I'm not totally sure how he's going to fit in playing alongside John Collins. And that's another team that's pretty deep. They have a lot of weapons there on Atlanta. Uh, at this price, I'd be willing to roster Clint Capella, but I, I just want to make sure that he's not going to have any restrictions or anything because it's been over. It's been, I don't even know how long it's been. It's been almost a year since he's appeared in a regular season game. So that is a little bit of a concern. Yeah, that, that's definitely a concern that I have on my, you know, from my side and looking at some other. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, 7,700. John Collins, 7,600. John Collins, one of those guys that, you know, I, I tend to look at players who are looking for that massive contract. And John Collins is looking for that massive contract this offseason. So he's one of those guys I'm always going to kind of look at, see what the matchup is in terms of him, because this is a guy that he wants to get a max deal. Yeah, so here's my concern with John Collins, though, and it's more so if Clint Capella plays. So in, in the initial build I did, I did not get exposure to John Collins. If Clint Capella is in there and then you move Collins from starting at center to starting a power forward, I think he loses out on a lot of rebound equity. 
And I'm not sure what that's going to do to his, I mean, I know that's going to do to his fantasy value. It's going to hurt it. But then I also wonder what is his usage going to look like in that role? And there's also just a lot of guys on that team to, to take shots. His fantasy production has not been great so far to start the year. There have been other factors. He's gotten in foul trouble. They've also played in some blowouts that's limited his minutes late. But as of right now, I'm not really on John Collins until the price comes down, especially if Clint Capella is in. When we look at the highest total of the night, that is with Memphis and Brooklyn. The, the over-under is two, 234 on that one. Of course, you can go over to Odd Shopper there at Osmo.com to check out the, all the odds for all these games. And you know, looking at the Brooklyn side of the equation in terms of center with, with Jared Allen and also DeAndre Jordan, uh, 5,800 for, for Jared Allen on DK and uh, 5,100 for DeAndre Jordan. And I know we were kind of talking before the show, Brooklyn's going to be one of those teams we really got to pay attention to here today with it being a back-to-back. Will we see the top two guys both in the lineup or maybe will one of them not be in the lineup? And how does that affect what you do at the center position? Yeah, so, I mean, if both of them are in, then there's no real interest there. If one of them is resting, it's going to be DeAndre Jordan, right? Jared Allen isn't going to rest in this situation. Jordan, it's a possibility. I don't really think he's too much of a risk of that as of now. But if he does sit out, then Jared Allen makes for a good value play because he's 5,800. And even if that might seem a little expensive for Jared Allen, go back to last year and look at what he did in the bubble when he was the starting center. There was no DeAndre Jordan there. He was getting the bulk of the minutes. He was priced up as high as 7,500. And that is always what I like to look at is, is a barometer for what kind of production can we expect from a player is what has been their historical pricing when they've been in a similar situation. So I think that Jared Allen should be a guy who's priced a little over 7,000 if there's a situation where DeAndre Jordan play, doesn't play. But as of now, not something I'm really thinking too much about because I do think DeAndre Jordan's going to be out there. When you look on the other side for Memphis, Jonas Valanciunas, the third highest center on FanDuel. He is 7,200 over on DraftKings. He's 7,700. Are you willing to pay that price if you're not going the Davis or Jokic route? No, not for me. Uh, Not really somebody that I'm getting to right now. Just the issue is where he's priced. He's always a guy with upside, but there's also a pretty low floor. The Nets have been a team that have struggled against centers over the last few years. But but even so, I'd rather pay up for somebody like Anthony Davis on DraftKings or from going cheaper. I mean, he's $500 more expensive than Christian Wood on DraftKings and Christian Wood, a player who I'm going to have projected for significantly more fantasy points than Valanciunas. By the way, I have a feeling as uh, Jordan is here in the back, listen to this, he goes, can we call a little Blake Griffin at, at 6,900? Yeah, uh, we could definitely talk about Blake Griffin, although it looks like he's probably not going to play tonight. Uh, I think that he's expected to rest. So with that in mind, I, I, I cause think, think about Blake Griffin, right? Like, what are the Pistons playing for this year? The answer is nothing. This is a terrible, terrible roster, right? So this is, this is about as deep as the league has been as a whole. There's a ton of very good teams. There are a handful of very bad teams. There aren't many of them, but the Pistons are not only one of them, they're probably the worst of the bad teams. And so when they have players like Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin on the roster, I just don't understand what the point of these guys being on the roster is long-term. So I think ideally they would like to be able to offload these guys at some point. And so for right now, I know that Alex and Fantasy Cruncher, we have Blake Griffin marked as out for the night. Um, so, so we'll see what happens there. I think it's reasonable to think that after we played 44 minutes in their last game, and I believe they have another game tomorrow, that it looks like there's a pretty good chance that Blake Griffin doesn't play. And even if he does play, I'm a little concerned about the workload after he played 44 minutes in the last game. When you consider his injury history, and he was only able to play a handful of games last year. Yeah, as I'm flipping around on, on League Pass Nightly, I just don't see myself 
turning to the Pistons game very often. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Uh, there's there's a lot of good teams to watch, and uh, for sure the the uh, the Pistons are way near bottom, way near the bottom, and especially if Blake Griffin's going to be out. Yeah, that's just one of those teams. That just man, I just you know, I mean, I watch a lot of NBA on the long league pass. You know, more times than not, I'll have like four games up on my laptop, one game on the television. But yeah, the Pistons just that's just not a good team. And I mean, you bring up a great point of just kind of what what's going on with them. Well, you look at value plays at center. Who's is there someone that really sticks out to you? Uh, and by the way, Blake Griffin has officially been ruled out for for tonight. So that is the that is the case. Um, but even so, that's going to make it hard for me to find like a value play on Detroit. Like Mason Plumley is fine, but still the issue is all these guys are just not very good. And it's not like Plumley's all that cheap. So there's still other guys that I'd rather roster from uh, for, for on the slate as a whole. Yeah, I mean, like I'm looking at, at the Fanduel. If we looked at the under six thousand, so Plumlee's right at six thousand. You had, you know, Allen fifty seven hundred, Horford fifty seven hundred. The thing that concerns me about Horford, I want to say he had thirteen rebounds the other night, but he only had five shots. So that that's what concerns me about Horford is Oklahoma City is another one of those teams. It's like, okay, are they just basically tanking? You know, they, they've got about a billion draft picks lined up over the next eight years, and, but you know, Horford's one of those guys of at 5,700, I don't mind it, you know, as long as he's going to take more than five shots. Yeah, so Horford, I'm not exactly sure what his role is going to be with the Thunder. I, I think that going forward, his usage is going to be a lot higher than what it was on opening night. He only had a 9.3% usage rating, which is ridiculously low. The one concern I do have, which is even bigger concern the usage, is that he only played 29 minutes. And if he's going to get extended minutes, I actually think he's going to be a pretty good fantasy asset this year because – as washed as he looked last year, and I brought this up before, when Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were off the court, Al Horford played pretty well last year, and the numbers bear that out. I think it was just a case of the the fit was so terrible for him there. But with those two guys off the court per 36 minutes, he scored 16 points, 9.1 rebounds, and 6.7 assists. That was his numbers per 36 minutes last year when Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were off the court. So now I start to wonder if they're going to if the if the Thunder are going to allow Al Horford to play, you know, 30 plus minutes, then I think he could have a big fantasy season, but the usage and the minutes were so low on the on the first game that it makes it hard for me to trust him in cash games. For GPP, I did get some exposure to him uh in my in my initial build, and I anticipate that's gonna be the case as I make my lines, is that I'm gonna have Al Horford in there, probably overweight to the field, somewhere in like the twenty to twenty-five percent range. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just you look at OKC outside of you know you know Shea, where it's kind of they're going going. So uh, I did have Horford the other night. Hopefully, we get a little bit more out of him. Of course, this is the NBA Strategy Show right here on awesomeo.com. and right now you can get a NBA Weekly Pass for one dollar when you use the promo code Caruso at checkout. And this offer is good through tomorrow, so you gotta take advantage of that deal right now where you can get all the tools and content we have over here at awesomeo.com. Of course, you can peek out to what well, myself and Greg use every day, whether it's you know the ownership, the player projections, the boom-bust tool. That's another great tool we have over at, at awesomeo.com. So sign up for NBA Weekly Pass for $1. It does expire tomorrow, December the 29th. You gotta use the promo code Caruso at checkout. You can see it right there. At the bottom of the screen, also you can see it right there in the YouTube chat. Uh, you know, we mentioned about the center. Let's let's move over to point guard in terms of of what we're seeing here and uh, looking on the DraftKings side of things. Of course, uh, James Harden 
Harden ball is back. We kind of know what Harden's going to do, uh, of course, with, with the COVID issues. And that's that's part of, you know, you talk about those late swaps. you got to be paying attention to all of these teams of all of a sudden, it may be an hour, two hours before that, whether it's someone, you know, it's contact tracing or or someone has tested positive. I know we were talking about Damian Lillard a little bit before. You know, LeBron's 10,000. Um, you know, I, you know, I get my General thought is I think he probably rests tonight, but who knows? Maybe he does play there. Uh, Trey Young, 9,500, and then uh, Kyrie at 9,000. None of what we got to pay attention to just in terms of what does Brooklyn do. Yeah, so let's start with James Harden. He was the first name you brought up. He's the most expensive player on the slate and pretty clearly to me the guy to pay up for. As we mentioned before, we're talking about Christian Wood. John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, they're both out because of contact tracing. There's a bunch of other guys that are out also for Houston. And it's really funny because the perception on James Harden is so negative right now that his ownership was, it wasn't low last slate, except it was way lower than it should have been for a slate where James Harden is playing without his other stars. And I think that people just look at what were mostly Photoshopped pictures of James Harden in preseason. And there's so many jokes about how fat and out of shape he is that people just have in their head, like, I guess James Harden can't play basketball anymore. And then he goes out against Portland with seemingly no training camp, no practice, maybe not being in tip-top shape, 44 points and 17 assists in that game. James Harden is the guy to pay up for on the slate with all those other guys out. And it's definitely the the first guy to be locking into a cash line. You absolutely have to play Harden in cash. The price has gone up a little bit, but just bringing up his pricing right now from a historical sense from when uh, Russell Westbrook was out last year, we saw James Harden get up to 14,000 on DraftKings. He was 13,000, uh, 14,000 on FanDuel, 13,000 on DraftKings. So even the price at 11,200, that's that's way too cheap for Harden without those other guys in the lineup. There's so much usage and such a big role for him that it, it's hard to pass up. He's almost certainly going to have a usage rating like the 35 to 40% range. He's going to have the ball in his hands constantly. Uh, he's going to be throwing a lot of assists to Christian Wood. So I think he's he's the guy to me to pay up for, and he's going to be in most of my lineups tonight. Yeah, I mean, look, Harden balls back. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. just it's him and Christian Wood. That that's that's a Houston lineup. And I mean, look, if James Harden wants to get traded, he's got to he's got to play Harden ball. And of course, whoever wants to trade for him, they're going to have to take in Harden ball, whether or not he wants to play a, a team brand of basketball. But yeah, I mean, it's like you mentioned. Like, I don't know how you can avoid James Harden in cash. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think you absolutely have to play him. It's the the combination of ceiling and floor is ridiculous. And like I said, just the usage and then the likely high assist rate. And then you go back to last year, which I mean, off the top of my head, he had a stretch where, or this was two years ago. He had a stretch where Chris Paul was out where he scored. It was like 70 plus fantasy points in something like 12 consecutive games. So when you, when you look at the kind of price he's at, it's, it's well worth the, the production that he's likely to bring. Yeah, I know a couple of people have already mentioned about uh, who's going to be the chalk of the night, and that's going to be Killian Hayes uh, for the Pistons. Uh, 4,200 on, on DK. Uh, I got burned by him the other night. So, uh, you know, for me, it's a little buyer beware here. But at that salary point, I mean, it is intriguing. But when you're looking at, you know, ownership of, of three quarters, man, that's, that's you know, I'm, I'm not going to be anywhere near that. But, you know, he's a guy that I think you have to look at. Yeah, so let's talk about why his projection is so high for this slate. Because I think a lot of people will be like, well, Killian Hayes, he's a rookie. He's really struggled to start this year. The minutes haven't been there. But here's why the projection is so high for him tonight. And I think there's a case we made to going underweight to him in GPPs, but I think you should certainly be rostering Killian Hayes in cash games. So for the Pistons, uh, like we talked about before, Blake Griffin's out tonight. Derek Rose is also out. So the point guard position for the Pistons has mainly been a timeshare right now. Killian Hayes playing about half the minutes. 
Derrick Rose playing the other half of the minutes. Derrick Rose is not there anymore. So Killian Hayes probably plays 30 plus minutes now tonight. And yeah, there's definitely been some struggles with him in the early going growing pains, but this is a favorable matchup against the Hawks. Uh, Trey young over the last two years is last in the league in defensive real plus minus for the point guard position. So he's not a good individual defender. And the other thing to consider here too, is even if the Hawks blow out the Pistons, which is the somewhat likely proposition, it could definitely happen. There isn't risk there with Killian Hayes because he's going to be playing in the fourth quarter anyway, no matter what the score is. He's somebody who they spent a high draft pick on. They're very high on him. I like Killian Hayes a lot for the future as well. So you could even argue that the Pistons getting blown out is the best possible thing for Hayes because then he's going to be playing against backups all in the second half and the fourth quarter of that game. So Killian Hayes is definitely somebody to get exposure to. I understand why people could have trepidation after his uh, slow start to the season and that he was a chalk play on opening night and he just absolutely sucked that game. But that aside, I think that he's in store for a much better game tonight. So let's say that game is a blowout and it's over start of the fourth quarter. How does that affect your thought process on Trey Young? Yeah, so Trey Young is somebody who's going to be in my player pool. I'm probably going to be pretty neutral to him. I don't think I'm going to be much above or below what the uh, projected ownership is for him. And the other thing to consider, too, is I talked about how much I like James Harden. If I have so many of my lineups that are built around James Harden, it kind of limits some of the other options that I'm going to be able to spend up for. And then depending what happens with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that's somebody else who is going to end up being a higher priority spend up option for me, because if we have LeBron James resting and Anthony Davis in, then I have James Harden and Anthony Davis as higher priorities than Trey Young. So Trey Young in a fair matchup against the Pistons, I'll have him in my player pool, but I don't really think I'm going to be taking a big stand on him plus or minus what his ownership is. And also there's somebody priced below him that I think makes for a, another guy who's a spin up option makes for a better play. And that's Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially if KD doesn't go there, yeah. I, I was going to mention John Moran as another one, 8,300 on DK. I want to say he's 8,500 on FanDuel. Um, yeah, he's 8,500 on, on FanDuel. He, I mean, he's been killing it for Memphis. And you look at, like, would you, I, I would rather go with a John Morant 8,300 than, say, a Trey Young at 9,500. Yeah, in this price range, though, and I'm, I'm assuming that Kevin Durant rests tonight, right? I mean, we saw him take 18 months off because of a torn Achilles. This is the Nets' first back-to-back situation. They haven't officially ruled him out, but frankly, I would be stunned if Kevin Durant plays in this in this spot. So Kyrie Irving, if this is the case, Kyrie's going to just pick up a mass amount of usage in the in the Nets offense. Karis LeVert probably slots into the starting lineup, and they go with uh, Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Karis LeVert all starting together. If that's the case, I, I really like Kyrie. I think that he's somebody who would be a really good pay-up option. And somebody between Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, and John Morant, just we're talking about the realities of building lineups. You cannot roster everybody and be overweight to the field on all of these guys. And I understand a lot of people like to come and say, oh, this guy's a good play. This guy's a good play. And I'm really trying to focus on enforcing people. These are the guys who I'm going to want to have the most exposure to. And in this price range, it's going to be Kyrie Irving for me, assuming that Kevin Durant is out. Yeah, I mean, you know, as I look at, you know, when I was watching Brooklyn, um, not, I was watching a little bit of their game last night, but it was whoever they were playing the game before. Um, maybe it was a Boston game. And, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie was someone that I kind of looked at and said, hey, this is a guy that could log in some minutes, get some time there, um, especially, you know, whenever they do a low management game for Kyrie Irving. He's the guy to pay attention to. He's 54, uh, you know, 100. Just kind of looking at some of the, the DraftKings point guards. And, you know, we mentioned about a value play uh, of Killian Hayes. I, I know some people were also looking at DeLon Wright, you know, for Detroit as well at, at 4,600. Who, who do you look at as some value plays that – that you find intriguing. 
Yeah, so at the point guard position, it's also going to be D-line right for me because like we said before, when we talk about those guys who are out for the for, for the Pistons, with no Derrick Rose and no Blake Griffin there, there's a big void to fill both in terms of usage and in terms of minutes. And I think Killian Hayes and D-line Wright are two of the guys who are going to pick up the minutes and the usage in the backcourt. So just looking at some of the lineups I've built so far, those are the two cheap point guards that I have the most exposure to is Wright and Hayes. Yeah, that's that will be someone I would sit there. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder is a guy that I'm going to look at. I love him in that Lakers offense. He's 6100 uh, on DraftKings. He's one. Um, you know, you look at Jamal Murray uh, going up against Houston. Uh, Jamal Murray 7100. I mean, there. I think there is some. If you don't want to go the Harden, the Dame the Trey Young, Kyrie Irving level, to go down that next level, I think there's some really good plays in that in that 8,000 to, you know, 7,000 range. So I don't disagree with you in terms of points per dollar perspective where you could look at somebody like Jamal Murray and say, hey, he has, he has upside. But just based on how I'm looking at this slate and how I'm building my lineups, I just don't think I'm going to roster very much in the mid-range. I don't have any exposure to Dennis Schroeder or Jamal Murray or Mike Conley or any of the point guards in this place range right now. Because I went very heavy stars and scrubs. I think that the best way to build lineups on this slate is really going to be look for some of those value plays of play from teams who are out and then paying up to the James Harden and then whoever else are the stars that end up in good situations because other players rest. And right now, I think that's going to be Kyrie Irving. I think it's going to be Anthony Davis, but still early in the morning, so that remains to be seen. But the point being is that I'm really going to be building my lineup stars and scrubs today. So these guys who are in the mid-range, I sure they could have good games. They're just not going to be guys who end up in my lineups though. Yeah. I mean, like I look at OKC, George Hill is a guy that seems like every time I roster him, he's a dud for me. Um, you know, he's 5,400 over on FanDuel. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Cool. Um, you, know, you, you look at, at some other ones, you know, you know, in that same type of range, you know, you got to go up a little bit more. Mike Conley's at 6,300 going for the Jazz. Um, you know, Jazz are obviously a team, you know, you know, that's a team that for me is Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Those are the two guys I really look at when we talk about the Jazz. Uh, yeah, so actually, let's talk about George Hill for a second because you brought him up. He was a chalk play on the Thunder's first game of the night, and he actually played very well. And he's still relatively cheap on DraftKings. He's 4,500. And that first game for the Thunder, he ended up scoring 34 fantasy points. But I still don't project him all that well tonight, and this is the reason why. Number one, it's it's a pretty tough matchup against the Utah Jazz. The other thing, too, is as well as he played in that first Thunder game, he only played 24 minutes. So when I see that, it's very hard for me to think of somebody as a very strong play when they might only play a low 20 minutes and, and it's a tough matchup. So 
George Hill, even though he played well and was chalk in the first and in, in the first Thunder game, price hasn't moved all that much. It's hard for me to go back to him just because of the low minutes he played. Of course, you are watching the NBA Strategy Show right here on awesomeo.com. And if you're unable to watch the show live on YouTube, you can get it on podcast form as a part of the Awesomeo Podcast Network. Just go to awesomeo.com slash podcast to get all the links you need for the podcast that you are looking for. And once you're there, drop a five-star rating and review with your Twitter handle or Awesomeo username included, and you can win a free week of Awesomeo Plus. We'll be given a free Awesomeo Plus pass each week to a person who submits our favorite review. Good luck. It's something that uh, I do, especially when I'm doing some things around the house. I want to check out some of the shows we have here at awesomeo.com. I, I go in my Apple podcast and I download the podcast. So you can check out that there at awesomeo.com slash podcast. Let's move over to shooting guard here. Of course, on DraftKings, uh, James Harden, eligible shooting guard as well. We talked about him already a little bit. Uh, Karis LeVert. I know there's some people in the chat have been talking about him. Um, and, and you mentioned about LeVert a little bit earlier and talking about Brooklyn. If there is, you know, if KD does sit to, to sit tonight, that LeVert is going to be a guy that we got to be look, you know, potentially targeting. Yeah, for sure. Because there's a couple of things here. Number one, I do think he's going to move into the starting lineup, assuming that Kevin Durant rests. But even if LeVert comes off the bench, number one, he's going to have to play extra minutes to fill some of that void filled by Kevin Durant. And there's just going to be less, uh, th- there's going to be less usage taken up with uh with with as when there would be when Kevin Durant was there so there's a void to fill on the nets assuming that Durant rests and Lavert is the one who makes the most sense to pick it up uh he's off to a pretty good start this year the one concern has been the low minutes but that probably goes away now that Kevin Durant's gone I think that he's the guy who probably ends up picking up the most minutes I see Alex hasn't projected for 30 minutes right now I think that's pretty reasonable and then Karis Lavert is a guy who scores well over a fantasy point per minute he makes for a pretty good value sans Kevin Durant. Now, with that said, if we end up being surprised and Kevin Durant ends up playing, then Levert isn't a viable option. But as of right now, I'm assuming that Durant is out. You know, when you look at the, the late game between the Trailblazers and the Lakers, got a total of, of 227.5. CJ McCollum, 8,100 on DraftKings. Schroeder, uh, eligible shooting guard, he's 6,100. Uh, you know, you look at someone that you want know, to go maybe down a little bit, KCP, 4,900, you know, because if one of the two stars is not in the lineup for the Lakers, we've been talking about, you know, potentially maybe this is a game where they do set LeBron, is where are the shots going to come from? I mean, look, the Lakers are clearly the best team in the league. No one is going to deny that. You know, the one question I have about them is, A, defensively, but B, you know, when they need that big three-pointer, who are they turning to, and, and is KCP that guy? Yeah, so here's the issue I have with some of these guys. And, and we see the, the, the Lakers had a ton of these guys on the roster last year. It was like, oh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, uh, J.R. Smith, even though he didn't play, he was this guy at one point, uh, Danny Green. It's these guys who really don't do much other than shoot threes, and they're very reliant on those points to have a decent fantasy game. And every once in a while it comes through where, you know, you get the KCP game where he knocks down six threes and has a big fantasy night. But the issue is that if he does not make shots, he just has a bad fantasy game because he doesn't score fantasy points in any other categories. So these are the types of guys that I generally don't like to roster. Uh, I didn't get exposure to KCP in my initial build. And I think the 4,900 price tag is just ridiculously too high for him. He's yet to score 20 fantasy points this season. He didn't even score 20 fantasy points in most of the preseason games. So Coldwell Pope is, is not somebody I generally like to roster. And that's even when he's priced at like 3,300. 
Yeah, he's 3,900 over on FanDuel. Just, uh, you know, as I just pulled up the FanDuel salaries in, in front of me, Shade Gilgers Alexander is always someone I'm looking at. I mean, you look at the OKC, and, you know, with no Chris Ball there anymore, it's okay, who who is going to have the ball in their hand? Who's going to be the shot creator? And SGA is going to be a guy I'm going to look at every game when it comes to the Thunder. Yeah, for sure. So on DraftKings, where we have more flexibility and guys could play multiple positions, I didn't really get so much of SGA in my initial build. I did on my initial FanDuel build, though, because we have to roster two shooting guards. So it's going to be James Harden in a lot of my lineups. And then as I get down the pricing, there's Dion Wright at 4,200 as a cheap play. There's David Nwaba at 4,100. But overall, there are not very many guys in this position that I like all that much. So with that, with that in mind, I end up with a lot of exposure to SGA. So he, in, on opening night, ended up with a 36% usage rating. He played 34 minutes. So the, the thing with him is that you look at the Thunder roster, it's so devoid of players who are, you know, good and guys who are going to play big minutes at this point in their career. So like George Hill and Al Horford, both players who aren't probably going to be playing, you know, 36 minutes per game. So this means SGA is going to play big minutes. He's got massive usage when he's on the court. And he's live to lead this team in every single category this year. He can end up leading the Thunder in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. He can do everything for them. So SGA, I think, is in store for a really big season. And even in a matchup against the Jazz, I'm, I'm fine paying this price tag for him on FanDuel. I mean, you've mentioned about James Harden, especially in cash, that he's just he's locking in your lineups. But let's say I come on FanDuel. If I go, okay, I'm not going to go James Harden because I just think maybe in, in you know he's going to be a little higher on than I want. And you look at those two spots at, at shooting guard. You know, is it SGA? And then are you looking for a value play? Uh, probably going to be mostly SGA and Harden for me on, on FanDuel. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not even to say that I'm going to have a massive amount of exposure to SGA. He's somebody that I'll be overweight to the field on. Harden will for sure, hundred percent be my highest owned shooting guard on FanDuel. Then SGA, other guys who are like Delon Wright, who we talked about earlier. One thing that is a little confusing when you talk about positions is like, oh, DraftKings guys, are, they're, they're eligible, like a million positions. And then FanDuel uh, a little more concentrated in terms of positions. Um, but so Delon Wright, the other guy at the shooting guard position that we haven't really talked on that I, I do like is David Nawaba. And the reason being is just we've talked about all those guys that are out for Houston right now. And Nawaba started for them last game, ended up playing 27 minutes. His price is really cheap. He's not necessarily the best fantasy producer in the world, but at that kind of price point on a slate where I think we're going to want some of these value plays to fit in some of the stars that are in good spots, I, I like I like David Nawaba on FanDuel and DraftKings. Yeah, 3,700 on DraftKings for me. That's that's a great way because you, like, you look at this, this shooting guard position, it's like, okay, it's very top-heavy. But then once you get past, like, because yeah, I look at DraftKings, you got Harden, McCollum, Mitchell, Lavert, And then after that, it's a drop-off. Yeah, it's uh, – it, and, and I do think that we have a lot of these cheap guys that are viable. It's going to make it – make us able to make some of those stars and scrubs build I talked about earlier. And that, that's why I think I'm going to be making a lot of lineups that look like that, where, I mean, we talked about some of the guys like Dillon Wright, Killian Hayes, and now David Nawaba. There's a lot of cheap guys we could plug in there that have a pretty good chance of scoring you know, like 20 to 25 fantasy points. And that'll, that'll let us get up to the James Harden, Kyrie Irvings and Anthony Davis is on the slate. Of course, this is the NBA Strategy Show. Be sure to hit that thumbs up button. We've got uh, over 650 people in here. Let's get those likes over like 125 here in the next couple of minutes. Of course, uh, we're trying to get our subscriber base to over 50,000 before this year does end, which, man, it's amazing. Friday is 
the start of a brand new calendar year. So hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell as well, and uh, be sure to hit that thumbs up button for us. We really do appreciate that. We can uh, now move over to the small forward position. Of course, you, you look on DK, LeBron right there at the top of 10,000. We'll see whether or not he does uh, play tonight. You know, Levert does have small forward eligibility. I mean, that's a – we talk about the drop-off at, at shooting guard on DraftKings. we got a massive drop in salary from LeBron to everybody else. Yes, yeah, so we've got LeBron at 10000 and then Levert is actually the next, the next most expensive small forward at 6600 On small forward – at small forward, we have LeBron Durant is small forward eligibility on FanDuel, but we both think he's probably not going to play. So, yeah, we've got LeBron at 10500 And by the way, we talked about he might rest. So we might see Levert as the most expensive small forward option on both FanDuel and DraftKings at 6300 and 6600 So Levert, that's going to make him more of a priority play. Something else that I, I forgot to mention earlier is that Spencer Dinwiddie also is banged up. He is a knee injury. So I think that with them playing on the tail end of a back-to-back, there's a pretty good chance that he doesn't end up playing. So with all that considered... If Kevin Durant is out, Karis LeVert really becomes the priority play at small forward. Uh, FanDuel and DraftKings, somebody they're going to want to get in cash games, assuming that those guys are out. And then on FanDuel, I just don't even see how you could reason getting away from Karis LeVert. We absolutely have to <laughs> roster two small forwards. There's just there's just nobody else to play. If we assume that LeBron rests, we assume Durant rests, then you've just got Karis LeVert at 6,300. And the rest of the plays, the position generally suck. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a guy who I might end up with in all my lineups just based on a lack of other choices. What, you're not buying on the Jeremy Grant uh, hype train? No, I'll have some. Here tonight? You know, it's funny. I will. Have, I definitely will have some exposure to Jeremy Grant just based on the Pistons. We, they just have this void to fill in, in usage and, and minutes with Blake Griffin and Derek Rose out. The other thing, too, is they just paid Jeremy Grant all this money for reasons totally unknown to me. They paid they paid Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley the same amount of minutes that Christian Wood got. So they could have retained Christian Wood assuming he wanted to for that money. Instead, they're like, no, we, we got Jeremy Grant. And, and, and talk about how differently they view Jeremy Grant than I do. When they were talking about him in the preseason and some of his struggles, Dwayne Casey said, well, we have to get Jeremy Grant his shots because he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that's why you paid him all that money because that's how you view this player. So on FanDuel, the reason that I'm going to end up with Jeremy Grant exposure is just because there's nobody else to roster. And you just kind of get forced into somebody. So Karis LeVert is probably going to be somebody in nearly all my lineups. And then I'll mix in Jeremy Grant, uh, Michael Porter Jr., see who else stands out to me. Maybe Kyle Anderson because he started decently. This is just a really tough position to fill where I don't feel good about anybody outside of Karis LeVert. Michael Porter Jr. is the guy that I really look at. I mean, you know, he's fifty nine hundred over on Fanduel. I mean, you mentioned about Fanduel. You got you got to roster two of these players. Yeah. So I, I look at him, and and I think that he's going to be a player that everyone's going to look at. If if Denver's willing to come off him to get James Harden, he's going to be the key component of that potential trade. So he's a guy that I look at. Um, I know some people in chat were mentioned about Joe Ingles a, a, a little bit fifty two hundred for Utah. But man, then after that, it's like, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, Joe Harris, if he can get hot, you know, raining down the threes at, at 4,300 for the Nets, I, I think that's someone to potentially look at. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a position where I think it, I think at a lot of the other spots I kind of mentioned, I really like this player and I had some stronger convictions. I just don't have that at small forward. Uh, talking about Michael Porter Jr., I'll definitely get exposure to him, but. I don't feel confident enough to the point where I want to get a massive amount of exposure to Michael Porter Jr. Like I don't want him to be in 50% of my lineups or anything. And here's the reason why they're playing against, against Houston. There's always upside in Porter because he's a good permanent fantasy mm -hmm. producer and he's really good on offense. 
but he is a just a void on defense. And we saw in the playoffs when they played against the Utah Jazz, they ran pick and rolls at Michael Porter Jr. It was just free points. And it got to the point where they weren't able to keep him on the court. And that's a little bit of a concern for me going up against James Harden, where are they going to be able to get switches to put Michael Porter Jr. in a pick and roll with James Harden and Christian Wood? If that's the case, Michael Porter Jr. is not going to be playable for, for the Nuggets. And if you look at what happened in the last game, something similar kind of happened where he struggled to stay on the court because of his defense and only ended up playing 23 minutes against the Clippers. So that is one concern for me with Michael Porter Jr. There's a lot of upside there, but the downside is pretty significant too, because uh, I mean, James Harden just run him off the court to the point where we only get, you know, 24, 25 minutes from him. Yeah. I mean, it's the small forward position. It's a tough one. Like I'm like looking, I'm going down, like who could be the value plays? Is it someone like a Cam Reddish at 3,800 on DK? Um, I mean, in my initial build, I don't have my lineup, so I'm not going to say it's him. Uh, I know people mentioned, you said people mentioned Joe Ingles. Here's what I don't like about Ingles. The, the Jazz have everybody healthy right now. We saw him have big games at times last year, but it was mostly when Mike Conley was out. And when Conley was in, we saw the production go way down for Joe Ingles. The minutes weren't there. The usage dipped. His assist rate went way down. So if we look at the the season so far for him, he's only playing 26 minutes per game. And his usage rating is only 17%. So it's hard for me to project Joe Ingles as being a guy who has much upside as, as being a strong play. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we're all looking for those value plays there. Of course, uh, one of the things, that, and Greg mentioned about this earlier, if you're a premium member to Awesome, you got an Awesome Plus subscription. It gets you access to our premium Slack account where you can sit there and talk to everyone here at Awesome. Right now, I know Josh is in our basketball chat, chatting up with everyone, of course, and uh, you know, Craig mentioned about uh, the the breaking news we always have in there to help you with those late swaps. So that is a great advantage we have when you're an also a plus member. You get access to our premium Slack account. Let's move over to Power Four. We of course we talked about AD. We talked about you know potentially no no Durant. Um, you know John Collins we mentioned about a little bit earlier. Uh, Montrez Harrell, 7,500 for the Lakers. We mentioned, we talked about Griffin. We talked about Porter. Uh, so we've kind of talked about all the kind of the high-end options, especially here on DK. So who, who are those value options that, that you uh, you find yourself putting in, in lineups today? Yeah, so Kyle Anderson I don't think is a bad one. He's starting for for the Grizzlies to, to open the year with Jaron Jackson Jr. out for a while. He had knee surgery because of a torn meniscus. And it seems like he's going to be out for a month, maybe even longer. So Kyle Anderson, without him, if you look at like last game against the Atlanta Hawks, played 36 minutes. And he's somebody who's, when he's on the court, he really fills up the, the, the stat sheet. So 20 points, 14 rebounds for, for Kyle Anderson's last game. He's also a capable passer, so we've seen him rack up assists in the past. Uh, I think, to me, he's somebody who I, who I really want to get exposure to. Not necessarily all the way down in terms of value, but one, one of the guys that I think is a little bit of value at his price tag. You know, looking at, you know, on the FanDuel side of things, when you have to roster two power forwards, of course, you, you had AD and Christian Wood there. I know some people were talking about Darius Baisley a, a little bit earlier. Kyle Kuzma, you you know, Vogel's already come out and said he's going into the starting lineup when they do, you know, rest one of the stars there. So what, what's kind of like on the FanDuel side of things before we get back to DraftKings, in terms of rostering two power forwards, if one of them is not AD or Christian Wood? Oh, it's easily Kyle Kuzma. Uh, so last night, Kuzma, who had a huge first half and oddly did almost nothing in the second half. I mean, if I remember correctly, he had, it was like 36 fantasy points at halftime. And you're thinking like, oh, Kyle Kuzma is about to have a massive, massive fantasy game. 
And then I think he had, it was either one block in the second half or maybe just one turnover. He did nothing in the second half. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, it was still a very strong fantasy game. And I think we're going to see that from in general, whenever, whenever we have either Anthony Davis or LeBron James are out, like you said, he's going to start in that situation. He played well as a starter last year. And then last night on, on Fandle, even with doing nothing in the second half, he finishes with 36 Fandle points. So at 4,200, he would be somebody who ends up a, a lock in, in cash games if, if he's starting. If people could see producer Jordan's face when we talk about the Lakers, it's 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 a comedy behind the scenes here. So so there's another element to this too that that nobody would know about other than Jordan and I and, and also uh, and also Josh and Chris Spags. Whereas yesterday before the before the or after the football show we did, he had Kyle Kuzma on his fantasy team. I was like, dude, you don't need Kyle Kuzma, just a standard fantasy league. I was like, you drop you like good players on the waiver wire. He's like he's like who's better at basketball, Chris Boucher or Kyle Kuzma? I'm like, dude, it's it's Chris Boucher. And he's like, well, what do I do if Kyle Kuzma scores 40 points? And I was like, don't worry about it. He's not going to score 40 points. <laughs> he nearly scored 40 points last night. And the thing about it also was, so we had that conversation. And then I want to say 15 minutes later, I saw that Anthony Davis was, uh, that, uh, that Anthony Davis was ruled out and Kyle Kuzma was going to start. And the first thing that went through my head was, oh crap, Kyle Kuzma is going to play a, a decent game. And, and Jordan's going to DM me on Slack. <laughs> so all night I was waiting for that DM from Jordan on Slack and it never came. But the, the important part of this is that Kyle Kuzma is going to be a very good value play on FanDuel if he's in the starting lineup again. Yeah, 6,100 on DraftKings, though. Yeah, it's easy to avoid him on DraftKings. I don't really have much interest in that price point. But on FanDuel, it's it's a totally different game where he's 4,200 and we have to roster two power forwards. Yeah, I mean, like I look at on DraftKings and you kind of look at the, the players that are in his range. You know, you got 6,100 for Kuzma, 6,000 for Horford. 5,900 for Grant, 5,700 for Baisley. I mean, so, like, you know, I, I like Horford because of the rebounding aspect of, like, you know, that could be a 10-board, you know, if he does shoot the ball, you know, 15, you know, a 15-10 and 10 type game for him. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I mentioned before, I think that Horford is is okay. Um, it, it's, it's somebody who I'm going to have exposure to. I'll be a little bit overweight to the field on. Uh, but I'm still not uber confident in him. So it, it's not going to be somebody I go crazy with exposure to. The one guy in this price range that I actually really do think makes for a good contrarian play is Paul Millsap. And it has something to do with some of the other players that we've talked about going from Denver to, to Detroit. So those guys, Mason Plumlee and Jeremy Grant, right? I was making fun of them because like, oh, Detroit played all the, paid those guys all that money. But because they offered those guys so much money, the Nuggets were not able to to re-up with them and it leaves a void for them in the front court and the guy who's generally going to fill it in my opinion is going to be Paul Millsap so Millsap last game was not great on Christmas only played 22 minutes but you look at him on opening night he played 36 minutes and had a big game and I think there's going to be times where because he's older he's a veteran they're not necessarily going to always want to run him out you know 36 minutes or something like that but because the potential is there and the price point at 4,500, I think that he is the guy that I look to as a pivot in GPPs off of Kyle Kuzma. By the way, you know how news God's always on top of it. We got a little news in Slack right now as Spencer Dinwiddie has suffered a partially torn ACL. Uh, Sham's reporting this. So uh, Sham's saying he was suffered on contact and there's no other structural damage in the knee. Yeah, the worst knee injuries are the one when there's no contact. That's how you know it's really big. So that's a that's a big loss there for for the Nets as uh you know they move on throughout the season. So something and and probably that means uh pound curse Levert tonight. Yeah, so that for sure. And then I'm just gonna bring up the the Nets overall 
uh, depth chart right now because I'm going to see if there's anybody else who really stands out to me as a value play at, at first glance. Uh, but I mean, the one thing for sure is that with Kevin Durant likely resting, Karis LeVert, very, very strong play now. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's really crappy news. Definitely not something I was prepared to talk about 10 minutes before the uh, <laughs> before, before before the show ends. So I'm going to have to bring that up really quickly. Um, Kyrie Irving, now also somebody else who stands to have a bigger role because if we're considering, you know, Ke- no Kevin Durant, no Spencer Dinwiddie, now more ball handling role for Kyrie Irving. So I think that's also, here's another angle I'll take with this is now, if we're looking at players to pay up for the, the priority is number one, James Harden, but Kyrie Irving, number two for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about that there. We are going to get into some listener questions before we get out of here for this edition of the NBA strategy. show. do want to let you know about a giveaway we got going on right now. All you got to do is head over to the Osmo Twitter handle, which is at Osmo underscore com for our last Monday night football giveaway of the year all you gotta do is follow the instructions that are on the pin tweet there on the also twitter handle and predict whether cam newton or josh allen run for more yards one random winner among the correct guessers will win a free also plus nfl yearly pass valued at 250 dollars so take advantage of that giveaway we got going on today there at the awesome twitter handle um i know one of the questions i saw from very early in the show and multiple asked us how many Detroit Pistons are too many players to have on your team? Uh, let me think about this. Um, I mean, I definitely wouldn't go with like a five man, uh, uh, five Pistons in, in one lineup. Um, I'll scan this really quick to see what, what I did. I'm probably going to limit it to three, I, I would assume. I, I, I definitely wouldn't go higher than that. Ideally, probably no more than two. But, but three is probably where I'll cap it up. The other thing to consider, too, is them playing the Hawks with all these guys resting, it, there's a pretty good chance of blowout. So there's certain guys that I think are blowout proof, Killian Hayes being one of them. But then some of the other guys on the roster, right, like Jeremy Grant, DeLon Wright, these guys are probably not going to be playing in the fourth quarter of a blowout. So I think you you create a pretty risky lineup if you're playing, you know, like four Pistons or something like that. So I, I think that Killian Hayes is the safest one. And I think it's okay to pair him with one or two other guys, two at the most, but probably preferably two two pistons. Yeah, that two was kind of my number. I just I couldn't see myself going more than two. I mean, I mean, Killian Hayes is going to be he's going to be the smash play of the night. I mean, he's going to be chalk. So um, you might want to look at potentially going somewhere else if you if you you know you don't want to have seventy five percent of Killian Hayes. Um, I will say this: one of the guys that was coming up in Cruncher uh, for me earlier in a lot of my lineups was Ashley Grayson Allen at 3,800. Yeah, so Grayson Allen, who, I mean, we also talked about on the show for, uh, before the show for his his incident with tripping Trey Young and the back and forth that they had on Twitter about it. Yeah, in my initial build, I did get a decent amount of exposure to Grayson Allen. I'm probably going to end up lowering that before the uh, before the slate actually starts. So here's the thing about Grayson Allen. He's starting... He's playing decent minutes, 29 minutes, 27 minutes in the last two games for them. Very low usage rating, though. His his usage rating this year is only 11%. So that's something that's a little bit of a concern to me in terms of his upside. Uh, I think as a value play, he's decent for this slate just because we want to jam in some of those stars, especially because we have all these other guys that are becoming viable now as more players are resting. So I'm going to get to Grayson Allen probably somewhere in the 20 to 25% range, but I don't want to go crazy with Grayson Allen just because his usage rating has been so low to open the season. Yeah. Um, 
someone had mentioned about the Utah game of maybe uh, being a little lower scoring game and maybe a, a game that potentially to, to go away from. Um, I, I don't know about that one. Um, I, I have a feeling if there's a game I'm going to be overweight on, it's going to be Portland and the Lakers. Mm, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I mean, I think individual plays and it depends on the site too. So, you know, on, on FanDuel, I'll have a lot of exposure to Kyle Kuzma on DraftKings. I'm going to like Anthony Davis a lot if it shakes out how, how he said it will. But the problem I have with somebody like Damian Lillard, and I know that before the show where Jordan said, I know Damian Lillard always kills the Lakers. And I mean, Damian Lillard is a high upside guy in general, who's somebody who is capable of having big games, but still when I build my lineups and the way I'm projecting out players it's just Damian Lillard does not stand out as an individually strong play. The, the Lakers have a good defense. He's pretty expensive. And when you consider that we have somebody like Kyrie Irving, who's over $1,000 less expensive, that there's Trey Young, who's cheaper. There's all these guys that are cheaper that I think have probably about the same projected output. It's going to make it so that I just don't get, I, I just don't get Damian Lillard in my lineups because he, he doesn't project as good of a play just in terms of points per dollar. One of the uh, names that keeps coming up in, in chat that I've seen a couple of times is Dylan Brooks, 5,500 on DraftKings. Uh, his average DK score this year, points per game, 31 points. Yeah, so bringing up Dylan Brooks right now, uh, not somebody who I really had in my, uh, in my dummy lineups I built. So the problem I have with him is just the price point. Uh, I understand the production has been good for him. The usage is pretty high too, actually a 33% usage rating last game. Took 11 threes. He is not afraid to shoot at all. He was actually really inefficient last game. He only made eight of 23 shots, but had a good fantasy game just because he was so willing to shoot. Uh, something else also is who knows what the minutes could look like because he has fouled out in each of the last two games. But even so with Dylan Brooks, the, I, I guess he's kind of a neutral play for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not really strongly opinionated on that price point. It looks like he's okay a points per dollar sense. Uh, I, I think there's going to be cheaper guys that I end up liking, especially with the news that that Spencer Dinwiddie's out and uh, some of the other players that that we've mentioned that are that are resting. That's going to set up situations with guys like Killian Hayes or Delon Wright, some cheaper players that I think are probably going to be about comparable projected to Dylan Brooks. Yeah, it's uh, of course uh, I know you'll be a part of the NBA Live Before Lock show here later on today. Of course, we've got a ton of shows for you here on Osmo all day long. NFL Strategy Show is coming up next. Lawfully, Josh and Adam will get you ready for tonight's Monday night action. Not the greatest game on paper, but uh, it, it is football. And uh, so keep it locked here, Osmo all day long. So that is going to do it for the NBA Strategy Show. Of course, keep it locked here, Osmo all day long for all your NBA and NFL coverage. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.